Welcome to episode 187 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here. And we've got Robert Davis from Animal Waves this week. Hell yeah. Besides that, we've got a ton of other stuff to talk about. we got some cool shit going on. Yeah. we got some music to play. Yeah, some cool fucking music to play. And besides that, we've got a couple of things to talk about that come out later this week. Yeah. But before we get into that... Need to let you know that we're sponsored by DB Concerts, a promoter here based in Tulsa that brings a lot of hard rock and metal bands to the Ideal Ballroom, downtown Tulsa. We've got coming up on October 5th, Sebastian Bach from Skid Row will be there, along with Monty Pittman and One Bad Son. Monty Pittman's new album just came out last week. Yeah, two of them, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I have yet to listen to it. I forgot. Neither have I. One's you like... Acoustic and laid back, and the other ones you're, you're full on metal, plugged in, shredding. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're great because it's Monty Pittman. Oh, definitely. But yeah, that's October 5th, October 12th. Tom Kiefer from Cinderella, bringing his solo band to the IDO along with Evil Twin and Sweatin' Bullets. And then on November 3rd, we've got Kicks coming to the IDO with Sweatin' Bullets and Rocket Science. And then rounding out this lineup, December 8th, L.A. Guns and Junkyard. Nice. And all these shows are hosted by Eddie Trunk. Of course. Yeah. So get out there, meet Eddie Trunk, and see some of these great shows. And thank you to Doug and DB Concerts for sponsoring us. And Doug's mentioned he's got some things in the works that, if they happen, I think people will be extremely happy. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. Right. But yeah, get on get online on Facebook and follow the Streets Gone Wild page. Find out more about all these shows coming up to the Ideal Ballroom. Alright, episode 187. That's like a Samuel Jackson movie from what? 2001. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's a famous police code. Yep. Kind of made it. Kind of sad, too. Yeah. That movie was. Yeah. But if you haven't seen it, we won't give it away, even though... It's fucking years old. <laughs> right. Well, what do we want to get into first? We want to... Well... Mm. want to play some music so we can yeah, spread out the songs here? Yeah, let's play some music and and then we'll, we'll just kind of get it going here. All right. We're going to play a brand new song from the band 13 Minutes. These guys are out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And this song is called Water Vice. <laughs>
Water Vice from 13 Minutes, Oklahoma band that we played on here before. I'm very happy to have a brand new song from them. And just like all their previous stuff, this is a, what's that word you like to use? Ball squasher. Oh, definitely <laughs> a ball squasher. And by the way, uh, Jamie Kaczynski, drummer, has been on this podcast before. Yes. Go back, look that up. It's a great conversation. This is a hell of a song. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's just a fucking slab of metal all the way through. Um, you know, I, I love the, the the clean vocals and then the, the brutal vocals. But the clean vocals still kind of had an edge, which is fucking cool. Just a great song, and I'm always happy to play these guys. They, they, don't, they don't do anything halfway. Right. They always sound impeccable. Uh, again, just happy to play them. Yeah. And that's a good point about the vocals, because usually whenever someone does heavy vocals and clean vocals, the clean vocals are like on the higher super end. super clean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So that was kind of, that's kind of a cool thing to point out, and it kind of sets these guys apart. Yeah. You know, just, just riffs for days, just great stuff. Right on. Yeah, look them up, 13 Minutes on Facebook. That's the Roman numeral, yes. X-I-I-I, not the number 13. So give them a follow. You can find more of their music there. I believe they're also on Reverb Nation and YouTube. So pull them up, check them out, tell them we sent you. Definitely. All right. So this Friday coming up, September 7th, there'll be a brand new album from Clutch. And there'll be a brand new album slash concert film from Alter Bridge. It's like Christmas morning. It is. You know? Like, these are two of the bands that you could put in the category of consistent as fuck throughout their oh, whole man. career. No doubt. I, I can't... I mean, okay, well, just... We should it, pick it, one before yeah, we... Yeah, <laughs> we should. It, it's goddamn, it's overwhelming, you know, uh, to start describing these bands, you know, in a general... I mean, I'll leave that up to you, whichever one you want to tackle first. <laughs> well, let's, let's do Clutch. Okay. Book of Bad Decisions comes out this Friday. Uh-huh. It'll be the 12th album from the rock band out of Maryland known as Clutch. Yes. The word consistent isn't even really a good word because it's not just consistent. It's like great. Yeah. yeah. It's like, have you, I mean, when you know, okay, there's a new Clutch album coming and you knew, oh, we're going to get an advanced copy to listen to. There's a, what, a 1% chance that you might have something negative to say. Yeah, and a ninety-nine percent chance that you're not. Yeah, and it's always a, it's always a good chance it's going to be fucking, you know, spectacular. Yeah. Um, something that I kind of want to put you on the spot with, you know, I think you'd started listening to it before I did, and you kind of said it was it's clutch, it's great, it's awesome, but there's some different stuff going on. I think. Yeah. And you know, I I kind of heard some stuff. I want to hear your take first, though, of like what what you. Well, the the sa- first off, the sound of like the last couple albums, um, Psychic Warfare and Earth Rocker, yeah, was real. It wasn't clean, but it was more just straightforward rock. Yeah, you know, but and this one just has a lot more of a fuzzy, distorted feel to a lot mm-hmm. of the guitars that you know Clutch has had before, but it's not hasn't been around lately. I don't think. Yeah. And then more so than other Clutch albums, it seems like the song's go in a lot of different directions. I get that. A lot of times their albums are like, you know, 
you know, it'll have different sounds to it, but it'll be along the same line. Whereas this one goes in a bunch of different spots. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I heard, you know, some voices that I hadn't really heard before, or maybe I just haven't heard in a while on the clutch record. Um, you know, the vision quest. I love the piano and that in walks Barbarella has got the horns going and that song, I mean, there's nothing in the room that can stay still when that song comes on. Right. I want to get my green hat and my cane and do a pimp walk. <laughs> like, for real. Yeah. Um, Emily Dickinson had that kind of middle thing where it was kind of wide open and usually clutches real tight and riffy. Um, so I, 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 but I liked, I liked the, I liked the kind of different stuff they had going on. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great fucking record. Yeah. There's, the one thing you always know you're going to get besides great music is Neil Fallon is like a lyrical genius. Yeah, I mean, how to shake hands, fucking Jimi Hendrix on the twenty dollar bill, Jim Hicks or Bill Hicks on the five note. Yeah, fucking, I'm, <laughs> that's I'm the dead, best line. Dude. I'm dead. Thing. Get the fuck out of here. I'm done. I mean, there's nothing. You can't write anything better than that. Just everyone should stop after that. <laughs> True. <laughs> that is one of the better rad. lines I've heard in a song in years. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then just like in in walks Barbarella, the weaponized funk line. Yes. I just love that. I and, noticed in in walks Barbarella, they kind of. They kind of call out some some of their older songs. Yeah. You know. But like you said, that brings in horns, and that's... Mm. I had read, like, I couldn't think off the top of my head, but I know there's they've done that before, I think. Yeah, I'm sure they have. But, uh, or maybe they haven't. Maybe I was thinking of... No, I know they've done piano before, obviously, but like you said, in Vision Quest. Yeah. But when it came in, it kind of shocked me, just mm-hmm. because I haven't heard that in a while. But same yeah. with the horns. It's like, that wasn't anything I expected. And it just works so naturally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like Spirit of 76, a Good Fire. That was a great song. When Spirit of 76, he, a lyric, he uh, um, drops a ode to Family Feud. Like, who else can say Family Feud and it makes sense in a song? Really? I must have missed it. What did he say? I can't. Like, when he's talking about Family Feud invaded our homes or something. I can't remember <laughs> the exact line. But I'm like, that's just perfect because... Neil, Sound, Neil Fallon says that it sounds perfect. Anybody else said it, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know, Spirit of 76, you probably didn't know it. That song's about me. Oh, it is, yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> Bad joke. But this, you know, another thing to point out is this pro- was produced by Vance Powell, and this is the first album of theirs he's produced. Yeah. he pro- He's produced like Chris Stapleton and the White Stripes. Really? And he's won a lot of Grammys, but he's never went... As far as I know, like on the credits I saw, he hasn't done a lot of bands like in this realm. Really? And like in their press release, they were talking about how he, when they decided to work with him was because, I think it was Tim Solt said his brother-in-law was a huge Chris Stapleton fan and they mm-hmm. would listen to music and he thought it just sounded totally different than normal country albums. Yeah. And when he found out who it was, he said, that's also the guy that did Dead Orchestra and that sounded so much different and... um Dead Orchestra, Dead Weather. <laughs> Sorry, I'm dropping an ode to yeah. Kansas bands, but the Dead Weather. Anyway, and then whenever Vance came in, he said that he went and saw a lot of their live shows before he ever did anything in the studio, just to get a feel. Mm-hmm. And they had said that they wanted to bring in that, to make the song sound like they do live. And you know bands say that all the time. Yeah. That's a pretty cliche oh, thing yeah. to say. Yep. And I always see that, and I'm like, okay. And then I hear the song, I'm like, this sounds like your other shit. Mm-hmm. But with Clutch, 
I don't know how to describe it, but there's several of the songs where I actually hear that. Like I could hear an audience in the background. Yeah. And it would sound like it was live. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, so they pretty much pulled that off if that's what they were going for. Yeah. Well, it's a great record. Comes out Friday. Everybody go get it, listen to it, whatever. Yeah. Well, the I didn't even mention the the title track. It's got a like a real bluesy solo to it. And there, Book of Bad Decisions. Yeah. And there's other stuff that has bluesiness, like the very, well, Emily Dickinson kind of does. You mentioned that. That was a good one, yeah. And then the, the last song, Lorelei, is like slower and dark and bluesy as well. Yeah. And it's funny, the two songs that are the slower ones, Emily Dickinson and Lorelei, are like um, the two long ones, mm. like over five minutes. Yeah. And everything else on this thing is like three minutes something long. Yeah. And 15 songs you got to get worried when you see a band that has 15 songs and they're all full-length songs. Sometimes it's a little much, no matter what yeah. band it is or how much you like them. And I know that you've always been a fan of shorter albums, but the fact that most of these songs are shorter songs, it kind of works. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I want to ask you, on on a more general, I mean, you know, this record is what we're talking about, and it's great. But on a general, you know, tip... What is it you think, you know, about Clutch that so many people get? Because, you know, you can have the metalheads love them, the indie alt people love them, the the fucking, you know, the knuckle dragon, five finger death punch, you know, Rocklahoma, Rock on the Range people love them. I mean, so, I mean, what, what is it about Clutch that they can hit all those points? What do you think? Man, I don't know. Is is it just because they, musically, they float in between all those areas? I mean, that, there's your answer, I guess. I mean, what do you, I mean. But I mean, there's other, I, I, there's other know, bands out there that you can yeah. say that about. I mean, I can't think off the top of my head that like float in between genres, mm-hmm. but don't have that same fan base that Clutch does. Yep. Where any Clutch show you, I mean, any Clutch show you go to, you're going to see hundreds of people in the crowd. Yeah. And the majority of them are going to know the words to the deep cuts, like every song that's going exactly. on. And, you know, Clutch changes the show every single night to a completely different set list and people don't care. Yeah. I know, yeah. I and, mean, it's... It, it, and it could also be because Neil Fallon is just, he's got a voice that just kind of... It's another thing. It's hard to describe. It transcends a lot of things. Yeah. I, I think... um you know, and they they absolutely do not cater to any of those genres I mentioned earlier. That's right. And they do what the fuck they want, and and it still resonates, and that's when you know you've got something, you know, worth its weight in gold. Yeah. Well, like this album alone, like we've talked about, oh, yeah, Barbarella, totally. that's got yeah, the yeah. funk, and then you've got the yep. the blues sound and stuff, and then you've got the straight up mm-hmm. rock stuff. It's always got groove. Yeah. They cross all those different areas. And Amen. I mean, it's something I know I've pointed this out a couple of times when we talked about clutch in the past, but I remember a couple of years ago or maybe more on Facebook, Joe Altier. Yeah. Just Joe. For those of you that aren't familiar, check him out. Um, we're going to have on this podcast one fucking day. That's right. <laughs> he, he pointed out a, a post he made. He's like, Hey, who do you think is the, the rock band that if someone had like came here from another planet and never heard rock music, 
Like, who would you play them to say this is what rock music is? And people are giving all their different examples, you know, Led Zeppelin, Aerosmith, whatever. Yeah. And he's like, my answer's Clutch. Fuck yeah. And I'm like, that's kind of good because that's, is. that's almost perfect because it touches on a little bit of everything, you know? Yeah, it does. They're, they're really like the new Ramones or Motorhead. That's a good you know, point, the, too. They're, they're the band that never got super famous, but they're known and they're, they're just consistent and they're like, they're like a cult following type kind of deal. Yeah. But still big. I don't know. I, I don't know the best way to describe that. I think I sound like a fuckhead right now, but just <laughs> the fact that's all you have to say is they're kind of like the Ramones or Motorhead. I think people will get it. Yeah. And both those <laughs> bands were meant for the live setting. Just like, oh, man. Just like clutches. Yes. And another, yes. another thing to point out about the sound I'd read was that they said they played all 15 of these songs live. I don't but, doubt it. You know, a lot of bands will throw in a few songs yeah. beforehand, but they they tested them all out live before they ever went in the studio. That's right. And, you know, we saw, when we saw them at Rocklahoma back in May, they played Give Me the Keys. Yes. Which ended did. up being the first single came out right yeah. around that time. And we've mentioned here on several occasions in Walks Barbarella. Yeah. So why don't we play that right now? Let's do it.
Walks Barbarella, the fourth single released off of Book of Bad Decisions from Clutch. That's right. We're uh, stoked to be able to play this. Yeah. Thank you very much to Doug from New Ocean Media for getting us an advanced copy of that so we could talk about it here. And then the rest of you, this coming Friday, September 7th. You know what to do. Yeah. Pretty much anywhere you can purchase music Mm -hmm. or download music or whatever you do. That's right. Clutch Book of Bad Decisions. All right. Like we mentioned beforehand, another new release coming this Friday is Alter Bridge live at the Royal Albert Hall. And this also features the Parallax Orchestra. Yes. This is a, you can buy it audio or you can buy Blu-ray. Yeah, Blu-ray. Or I think even DVD or digital download of the movie. Yeah. Or just the audio or a full package of everything. There's a lot of options here. Yes. And, And, oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say we both (laughs) watched the concert film. Yes, we did. Which... Includes all the audio, but actually includes more because it has a lot of documentary stuff yeah. weaved into it. But this, first off, like, just like, what's your thought when you hear, well, oh, we're getting, you know, yeah. there's a live album from Alter Bridge, but it's going to include an orchestra because obviously that's been done in the past, but it's been a while, I think, since. Yeah. The- well, you know, a, a few thoughts. I mean, before we start even, you know, running down songs like, or high points that we each liked, whatever. Kind of like you said, you know, you any, no matter how much I like them or how good they are or whatever, anytime nowadays you hear such and such with the orchestra, you know, you're kind of like, eh, okay, whatever. You know, because we're jaded to that. It's been done a lot. Yeah. You know, Metallica, Kiss, Scorpions, fucking you name it. A lot of bands have done it at this stage. And even they even admitted that. You know, I've heard Miles Kennedy. Was it? I'm pretty sure it was Miles and Mark Tremonti on different podcasts or different interviews. They both, and I think they said it in in this documentary that was kind of, you know, sprinkled throughout this concert film. You know, when, when the idea was presented to them, hey, let's do an orchestra thing. Like, no, no. It's been done a million times. You know, no. But, you know, they were finally convinced to do it. And, you know, thank God they were. Right. Um, this is, this whole thing is just a, a treat. You've got the orchestra. You've got the legendary venue. Um, it was shot beautifully. Um, it sounds badass. Um, the, the set list is great. And, you know... There are definitely points throughout the show where the orchestra really brings something, you know, unique or, you know, extra to the songs. Right. You know. Well, and the other thing about an orchestra. That's my initial thoughts there, you know. Well, about an orchestra adding to it was those bands you mentioned are the first ones I thought of, too. And it's like those are all bands that have been around for 30, 40 years. Yes. And... You don't see it. I mean, unless I'm forgetting some someone, you don't see it a lot from newer bands. Mm. Yeah, true. You know, at least in the hard rock and metal area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Alter Bridge as a band's only been around 14, 15 years now. Yes. And for them to do it, I don't think it's ambitious because they have the catalog that they can easily do it. Yeah. I just think it's cool that someone newer is doing it besides yeah. just a classic band, which is what you expect them to do that to like try to revitalize 
something or yeah. get people to pay attention. You know? And, you know, their, their music could really, lend, you know, it could, an orchestra could be, you know, lent to that pretty easily, I think. Right. You know, it's not like if you did a fucking something wacky like fucking, I don't know, corn or fucking <laughs> right. five finger. I've said that too many times this podcast. <laughs> Fuck me. Well, yeah. If you I know what I mean, though. Orchestra, it's like the orchestra is going to have to just like figure this out. Like, how do we make this shit better? Yeah, but there's like, no way to fucking. With, but we're getting off the subject. But we with Alterbridge, it's like I think Dream Theater did it once too. That's mm-hmm. a good comparison to this because even though Dream Theater, yeah. you think of being way more intricate and whatever than Alterbridge is, Alterbridge has a lot of shit going on in their music and a yeah. lot more, a lot of layers, a lot more than a lot of bands. Yeah, from their whatever you want to call it, their counterparts or whatever in the mm-hmm. world right now. So it lends itself a lot more than most bands that you know could be considered whatever genre you put Alter Bridge in. Yeah, you know because they balance that line between hard rock and heavy metal, and they're also considered you know radio rock by some people just because yes. they're on the radio. But anyway, like you said, this thing—that's the first thing I noticed. You said it was beautifully filmed. Like it, it jumps out of you. Like how amazing this thing looks. Just even more so than normal concerts. Oh, I can't yeah. even explain it. Just like the Hands way the, down. the cameras panned and everything. It was just unbelievable. You know, just the way that you know the stage was set up with the orchestra, and then of course, the, of course, that theater, which is amazing. It yeah. just you can't really put it into words. You know, without sounding dorky. Yeah. But, so, like and, you know, going down the list, what are some highlights of this this set for you? Well, that kicks. I mean, the first track, "Slip to the Void," is a perfect song to open any Alterbridge show with. Uh huh. And you know, it, it's cool. It set the tone. But then, whenever it goes directly into "Addicted to Pain" and that main riff that Tremonti's doing, and the orchestra comes in on top of that, like real heavy. I'm yeah. like, that's when I knew, holy shit, this thing's gonna fucking rule. Definitely. Like I already knew it was gonna be good, but just yeah. the way that kicked in early on, I'm like, this is. This is going to be perfect. And um, then they just go into a lot of stuff like that I love, like Before Tomorrow Comes and Brand New Start from Blackbird, because that's yeah. my favorite album theirs. And of course, at the end, they played Blackbird. They always do. Yes. That's like epic and huge and amazing. You know, some of the other stuff like Lover and Fortress, and along with Blackbird, are huge epic so- songs that the, you know, adding, you know, an orchestra to them only just made it even more epic somehow. I agree. I agree. And the and you, when you think of songs working, I mean all the you know the slower songs are obviously going to work beautifully with an orchestra. Of course. But when you hear heavier songs like Ties the Bind or Cry of, Cry of Achilles and how great that sounded with an orchestra added to it like The yeah. End Is Here is another one. Oh like, man. Where it just the orchestra just amplified this thing oh, to a whole nother level. I mean you Ain't shitting. The end is here. That's the one. I mean, it was all great. It was all great. And, you know, the orchestration was cool. But when the end is here came up, uh, you know, I really, that really grabbed me. Just the way they did that, you know. Um, and, and I don't, I don't really know how to describe the part. You just have to listen to it. But I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I think it's like a middle part, you know, where it's just instrumentation and it's very gripping. It's really fucking cool. Um, Before Tomorrow Comes is another highlight for me. 
because I love that song anyways. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just thought The Last Hero I thought was really fucking cool. Um, it, it, it was so cool to see that they didn't, you know, this, this wasn't just a, ah, let's just do this because other bands are doing it. They really, right. they really put some thought into this. And, you know, I'm grateful for that. That's a great point. They put a thought into the set list for sure because you oh, think, yeah. when you think of an Alter Bridge show, you go to a show, you expect that you're going to hear Rise Today and mm-hmm. you're going to hear Metalingus. And those are two of the songs that people that don't follow this band know. No, yeah. And they're not they're on this long ass set list. I appreciate that. I get yeah. it. I mean, I that's, it. I fucking love both those songs, but yeah. I'm completely fine with that because, yeah. I mean, you got, they did put on Words Darker Than Their Wings. And like they mentioned in the documentary and stuff, that's never been played live. Really? And that's awesome. You know, for them to pull that off and I, well, they'd say like Mark Tremonti said in there that him and Scott Phillips have always wanted to play it live because it was one of their like three favorite songs Mm -hmm. he ever written. And, um, Miles Kennedy just always kind of pushed back because they got real high at the end. And when they played it live and at the end where he's screaming high, dude, he went for it, man. It was was, fucking great. Yeah, it was nuts. (laughs) He and you know he can fucking he can he does Axl Rose shit with Slash he can nail that shit yeah he can yeah and that's another you know let me stop there for a minute and just mention which is something we've kind of known or Alter Bridge fans know but that really needs to be brought to the forefront is you know Miles Kennedy is a fucking guitar god himself in his own way right that guy can solo his ass off and he did on this DVD yeah you know and that's just another. A, a you know wonderful dimension to this band. Yeah, yeah. If, if you can get in a band with Mark Tremonti and hold your own, you're obviously exactly good at what you do, right? I agree. <laughs> but I I love also love the fact that I mentioned Broken Wings from the first album was on here, mm-hmm. and that's probably my favorite slower song of theirs. Yeah. And when that first album came out, and I listened to the shitload out of it. That's probably my favorite song of that album besides Metalingus. Yeah. Another thing to mention is that I, I kind of thought when you see orchestras added to a rock band, a lot of times they really want to let you know there's an orchestra with us. So it, it's like over the top. Yeah. And this orchestra, it was never over the top. Like it was always just complimenting Alterbridge, yes. basically. That's it, a great point, man. Because, you know, it wasn't right. like... It never, like, no one, at least from what I remember, there was never just just orchestra playing. Nothing, yeah. you know, to where it was just like, hey, look at this. You know, so I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, it really, you know, music was number one. Yeah. But, and the other thing is if you, you know, you want to watch the concert film because, like we said, it has this documentary that's split up throughout the show. And I was curious what you thought. Do you... Do you like that? Do you wish like it was just like a documentary before or after? Or do you like it scattered throughout the performance? Or does it really matter? To it you? doesn't matter. I mean, you're going to watch it. So right. either way, if it's separate or put in, you know, it, and, and it... It doesn't break it up. And especially for yeah. this, you know, it's a special occasion. It's a special event. It's a unique venue. So I definitely get it. It all it all holds together and it all sticks together in one piece for me. Yeah. You know, so I think it's great. Yeah. Well, and then I mentioned Rise Today earlier and at the end, after everybody got out there and they are bowing, did you notice the crowd was singing Rise Today? Uh-uh, I did not notice that. Which was kind of cool. That is cool. Just like, I don't know, like how that started or what, but. 
Well, it's one of their biggest songs, so yeah. I, I get that in a way. Yeah. You know? But yeah, so, Alter Bridge Live at the Royal Albert Hall, featuring the Parallax Orchestra. Friday. Yeah, you can buy this on CD, digital download, buy the movie on Blu-ray, or buy the movie digital download. Exactly. You won't be d- disappointed if you love Alter Bridge. Hell, if you don't love Alter Bridge, now's the time to fucking start. This will make you love Alter Bridge. <laughs> yeah. But thank you to Kevin from PFA Media for sending that over to us as well. Many thanks, yes. All right, you wanted to talk about this Metallica. Oh, motherfucker. You forgot, right. you forgot, didn't you? No, I didn't forget. <laughs> I just let it go because it didn't seem like you wanted to. Oh. <laughs> but we can talk about it. Fuck, I love talking about it. Come on. So Jason recently bought two Metallica watches. That's what we're going to talk no, about. No, I did not. You know what? <sighs> now, speaking of that, you know what I thought was, was funny? When we were talking about that on the last episode, yeah. after we were done, I thought, you know what? I should have said, if they just came out with a whiskey or something, I'd buy that. Yeah. And then like and the then next day, the next yeah. day they announced Metallica Blackened Whiskey. Nice. I was like, shit, I'm glad I didn't say that out loud so I don't feel like obligated to buy it. But I still want to try it. Yeah. Maybe you'll buy it. Yeah. But what we were really going to talk about was well, I'm the just, kickoff of the- I'm just saying- it looks like it's going to be expensive whiskey, too. Oh. Because well, it's I'm Metallica. Sure. Well, yeah. And I'm going to be dumb and fucking buy one bottle and never open it. So, <laughs> right. No, maybe I'll that buy age. two just so you can have one or just taste a little bit of it. Okay, thanks. Probably not. Just kidding. Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Anyways, go ahead. So, two or three nights ago, Metallica kicked off the next lug of the Hardwired Tour. Yes, they did. And, you know, we just bring this up because... Obviously, we talk about Metallica a lot. Yes. And I mean, me, you know, in my eyes, they're the best goddamn things in sliced bread. So I'm going to talk about them a lot. Right. And if you don't like it, I don't know, go find another podcast, eat a dick, I don't care. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about them. Right. And, you know, they're, they're the, the North American leg of this tour is continuing on. And, you know, if it was, if they did cookie cutter set lists, cookie cutter shows, there'd be no point. Talking there'd about be it. no point. But they change the shit up every night, which I love when any band does that. So you know, we're going to talk about it from here. You know, here and there. Yeah, I know you like being the fan you are. Like when they go on these tours, you look it up every day. Oh yeah, I don't. The next go, day. <laughs> yeah, I don't go to bed until I can until I see the fucking set list. So much of a fucking dork I am. <laughs> right. Well, so they kicked it off in Wisconsin. And, you know, we're interested because the consensus with what Metallica's done in recent decades, yes. or this past decade or so, was when they do the next leg going back through places or in the smaller markets or whatever, a lot of times that's when they change up yes. and do yeah, when they get, not as stock like they did on the big arena tour. They're, of course, mixing it up, but yeah, they well, still had the basic like eight or 12 songs in there. Yeah, when, when they get to the end of their touring cycle for an album... That's, they really start playing fun with this. They really start playing around, excuse me, with the set lists and change it up. Yeah. And, and it looks like they're maybe trying to do that here. Yeah, I mean, the, the obvious thing that jumps out is, you know, it's the Hardwired Tours. So they're going to play stuff off Hardwired. They played seven songs. Yeah. Out of the, what is there, 12 on there? Or 13? Yeah, 12 or 13. And, you know, which is fine. That's cool. Yeah. But, you know, obviously as a big Metallic fan, you're always like, man, I wish... They'd fucking play Disposable Heroes I instead know. of this song, you know. But like, exactly. Maybe it'll happen. Yeah. But the f- the first thing that jumped out of me, besides all the hardwired songs, was that 
It wasn't until the 13th song that you got a song from the Black Album. I know. And that's okay with me. Yeah. That's, that's cool. That's crazy. It took 13 songs to get to the Black Album. Yep. Which usually in a, <laughs> any other set list, outside of the newest album, that's what you're getting the most songs from. Exactly. Five or six songs usually. And this set list only had three. Yeah. But, you know, the fourth song they played was Cyanide. You know? They oh, kind of yeah. brought back a death magnetic thing. Yeah. Which they were... they. They kind of haven't been doing. I think maybe here and there they did. Yeah, like the end of the line or yeah, what, yeah. Or what was that other song? Um, the day that never comes. Yes, but they pulled out cyanide, which is cool. Yeah, like and, and they did it early in the set. And the third song was seeking destroy, which yes. a lot of times historically in the past twenty years, that's like the last song. Yeah, one of the and, last songs. Yeah, last summer. Or yeah. No, Inner Sandman used the last song, right? But like it was like the last song before the encore. Some okay. Shit, yeah, I think so. That I mean. They were putting that in early, so that's cool. But, like, does anything jump out to you? Last Caress, obviously. That's cool. And it's it's just like, you know, it's it's really heavy. When you, know, when you think about it, there's 18 songs, and they do about half and half. But just the way it's laid out, it really looks like it's 90% new stuff. <laughs> but then when you look at the list again, you know, there's Master of Puppets, One, you know, Fuel... So it's just uh, it's just an interesting set list, and I think that I've saw people bitching about it already, but people need to remember they switch it up every fucking night. Um, so you know, there you go. I mean, it'll be this would be an interesting one to own. Yeah, and I'm not sure that I will do that, but it would. I'm just saying. Well, they hit every single album except for Load and St. Anger, which I don't think a lot of people are going to complain no, about. No, they're not going to complain about it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I would never, ever want them to play anything from St. Anger. I mean, if they wanted to bust out Frantic or St. Anger, I maybe would be okay with that here and there. But anything other than that, you know, we just need to, you know, just let it go. Lay it to rest. Yes, definitely. So, <laughs> but, you know, you know, fuel for all you reload people. There you go. Yeah. And everybody loves that song any damn way. So, and. So be curious and I, and to I see get, if. We'll go ahead. If this will be like a blueprint like they did on last one where there will be the songs like Last yes, Caress or yes, Fuel. Yes, exactly. Like or, the number 10 song and the number 4 song yeah. interchangeable or whatever. Or if it'll be more so. Because mm-hmm. that's what you kind of hope so is that it'll be yeah. more. And It'd you be know six what? or six or seven songs that are changed up every night. And hardwired, you know, is has was whatever. It did get a good reception. So yeah. you know, if they want to play all this stuff, go ahead because it seems like people are digging it. So you know, yeah, they're playing all the songs it. I love off it, except yeah, Murder I mean, One. I think it's the only one I'd like to see in there. Uh, but I mean, I'd love to see Murder One. That's the only one from this album they haven't played live yet. I don't think. Seriously, I think. Oh, and don't wow. get me wrong. But I think that that's the only one yet. So, and I know that because it's just like with Death Magnetic. Eventually, they played the whole thing. Yeah, they played all the songs. So, Murder One will show up somewhere, hopefully in Tulsa or Kansas City, <laughs> right? Or maybe Little Rock because I'm thinking about that now too. Are you? But probably won't happen. Hey, you know, might as well do it when I can. Don't tempt me. <laughs> All right, I think it's time we talk to Robert Davis. Yes, definitely, definitely. Thank you for indulging me Oh well, yeah. in the Metallica talk. I appreciate yeah. that. Hey, I'm the same way. It interests me when I see the set list to see what's up. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. 
but Robert Davis, we talked to him recently. He's from Animal Waves, a great, a great band. Yeah, like a, a you trio. You all need to know, yes. That is, I don't even know how you describe it, like powerful fucking rock and roll. You know, just like it's, he uses the word fuzz a lot. Yes, and so I'm going to use it. It is fuzzy. Yeah, it's got that fuzzy sound to it, that gritty, distorted rock and roll sound. And you can, you know, right now their single WTF is out. You can check that yes. out. You can also get on YouTube and check out. A cover they do, which we talk about here in this interview. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah, it's a mashup of Tom Petty and Zeppelin. And they take, you know, two songs that aren't necessarily, you know, they're both hit songs, but aren't like the t- first two songs you think of with either of those artists. Yeah. And so it's kind of cool that, you know, the way they mash them together and it works out perfect. You know? It does. It's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, and- it's definitely go to YouTube and look this up. And you can see on that song or hearing this other stuff how great a guitarist he is. Yeah. And also, let me mention that that YouTube video, it's it's professionally shot and recorded. Right. Um. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And he's um, he went on tour as Lauren Hill's guitarist. That's right. We talk about that in here. He's done a lot of other stuff. He was part of the band Revis. Yes. He played with uh, Bernard, F- Bernard Fowler. Yes, sir. And Slash. You know, we talk about that. And then, of course, he mentioned in here, he played with Jim. He's played with Jim Wilson on a lot of his live shows as well. Who we had on a few episodes ago. Yeah. So that it's great. It all ties in. It's That's awesome. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So go back and check out that Jim Wilson episode as well. Sometimes. Yes, please do. But yeah, let's get into this right now. Here's Robert Davis of Animal Waves. Yeah, man. Um, thanks for having me. You know, the, the EP is a, uh, just a piece of, of, of gritty statement, you know, um, in, in the rock and roll world, you know, it, it, there's, there's no rock and science behind it, except for we really just like to get behind a good song and, and trim out the fat and, uh, make it as loud, as proud as possible, you know? And, um, we really, we really had a good time making it, man. You know, it, it's super fuzzy, and uh, we produced it ourselves, recorded it ourselves. You know, so you can you can know that this is coming from the heart for sure. You know, is that something you guys all had experience with as far as producing goes, recording? Yeah, you know, I I do. I have had my head underneath the hood to say uh, for years now, and um, whenever Pro Tools was kind of accessible to the to the bedroom you know what i mean i just tried to take my stuff in the big studio and all that knowledge that i had there kind of transfer it over and um you know it's hard to make records at home but i think nowadays you can't you know and we made this um in a couple different places um uh, one house in southern illinois uh we recorded some some basic tracks and then in another place in a cabin up in crestline california um which is kind of just outside of la and you know, in, in the woods. <laughs> it's great. 
Well, we'll talk about, you know, you talk about trimming the fat and, and fuzzy. Talk, talk about how your sound developed and, you know, uh, what everybody's brought to it. Yeah, man. So uh, the, uh, the majority of the production and the recording of everything has been done by myself. And, and, and the reason that, uh, I wanted to do that is because I thought that it would be, it would be fun to maintain this sound in my head, you know, of just going after the direct, uh, sound of the guitar. Um, a lot of the, the fuzz on this EP is, is direct sound. And, um, you get a little bit more of a, a digital aspect, which brings this synth thing to the guitar, which I think is cool. Um, without there being any of that, obviously, you know, it's just a three piece band, but, um, it, it's fun for me, you know, you, you can mess around with the guitar pedals and enjoy recording it, you know, at a, at a, in a different, you know, train of, of thought, you know what I mean? Back in the day, the Beatles were just distorting the preamp as much as they could to get a sound like that, which I find fascinating. So, it, and people are doing such a good job with their pedals, the earthquaker devices, you know, full tone, stuff like that. They, to taking the essence of that sound into the board. Um, it's fun. I love that, you know, and, and in, in terms of like, you know, soloing for 10 minutes, you know, everybody loves to do that. And, and I, 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 I wanted to, but I didn't, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> most of, most of the songs on, on the EP are, uh, you know, short and sweet, you know, live we do, we embellish, you know, we go for it and, and we make things longer, you know, sometimes twice as long if we feel like it. Um, which is the great thing about this band is everybody brings something to the table, lots of energy, lots of ideas. And, um, we, we try to keep that going, you know? When the live as aspect, is that a lot of, is that, you know, unscripted jamming or is there stuff that you guys kind of work on beforehand? You know what? Um, we work on it beforehand. The, uh, the meat and potatoes of the ideas are there, you know, in terms of, you know, not going on too long or, or having a way in or out of the part, you know, but stuff in the middle, you know, we kind of just let that fly. So, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry to be vague, but yeah, that's kind of how it is. You know, we, uh, we have fun with it, man. You know, we just, we're doing what, all the greats have done, you know, just following in the footsteps of that rock and roll science and, and enjoying doing it. You know what I mean? Well, you talked about everybody bringing energy. What else does Charles and Matt bring to the, to the band? You know, Matt, um, he's just got this amazing innocence, uh, when it comes to drumming. And, uh, I don't know if that makes sense, but his innocence, is hardy and um, extremely energetic, you know, and when he sits down and, and he kicks the kick drum, every time I turn around and look at the guy like, wow, is that coming out of you? You know, like the, 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 the solidness behind his foot is incredible. And um, that's, that's so fun, you know, because he's only 27 years old, you know, and he's got a lot of, of years to just make that grow, you know, and, um, and we're blessed to have him. And then Charles, you know, he's seasoned and, and he's, he's got one of these 
base hands. You know, he, he won't touch a pick, you know, with his right hand unless he unless he's asked to. But you, you would not think that by listening. You know, he he's very strong with his right forearm. You know, and I and I really enjoy playing with that. You know, he, he touches the strings right. You know, and um, he's he's really into gear. You know, he he loves his gear. You know, so his enthusiasm uh, really adds a nice salt and pepper to this band, you know? Um, so yeah, he's a, we're all great friends too, you know, which is so cool. And, and, um, we're, we're here to do the same thing. So stoked on that. That, that probably makes it a little bit easier, huh? It does, man. I mean, it's just like, you know, every time you see each other, you're excited. Yeah. Every time. I mean, there's no drama, you know, like everybody's been up and down through it. Uh, you know, in one way or another, everybody's toured. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's a great, it's a great recipe, uh, this band. And it took us a while to find each other, but once we did, we were high-fiving and, you know, doing our thing, you know, and, so, you know, we're all different, you know, like, so you, you know, Matt's vegan and he never drank in his life, you know, and, um, you know, I'm, completely opposite of that you know give me a natural light and some brisket you know <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> that would be the side where i fall <laughs> yeah man we can hang if i'm ready yeah. <laughs> did you guys have jim wilson on recently by chance yes we sure did yeah he's my boy man i love jim so much and and i i actually play some lead for him with, on these live shows that he's been doing from now playing Oh, and cool. um, oh wow, yeah, yeah, just you know, LA family, and so I just wanted to drop him some love real quick. Awesome, yeah, yeah, Jim's Jim's awesome. Uh, we're Mother Superior fans from way back, so that was cool. Yeah, yeah, gotta love that. Gotta <laughs> love that. <laughs> well, you guys also released this um, cover mashup of when the levee breaks and you don't know how it feels. Like, how did that come together? Like, whose idea was that to put those two songs together? Um, so my manager and I are friends, um, you know, first and foremost, and then, uh, excuse me, uh, we're friends first and foremost. And, um, we always kind of just rap about things that we like, you know, here and there and, you know, Oh, this is, this is such a cool version of this song or whatever, you know? And he was like, yo, let's do a cover. And I said, I don't know. You know, I'm just so into this original thing right now and I'm, I'm loving it. And I have done cover bands before and stuff like that. And, you know, friends always get together and jam with covers, et cetera. <clears throat> but it, this just kind of felt like something to do uh, that was unique and fun. You know, Mike called me and said, well, what, what about doing some Tom Petty? You know, and we were just rapping back and forth about things. And then I, you know, I don't know if it was him or me, to be honest with you, that, that came with, came up with it. Um, but yeah, we were both high-fiving after the phone call. <laughs> Let's do that. That sounds like a good time. And the arrangement just kind of popped in my head in terms of like how to do it, you know, um, letting the guitar ring underneath the verse and that kind of stuff. It was really fun, man. We, we, we never rehearsed it either. <laughs> we yeah. just kind of went in that we went into the studio and I think it was like our third take or something like that. Um, wow. Don't remember. Yeah. 
and we had a really good time doing it. That morning, believe it or not, was our first show ever. We played the side stage at the Warp Tour um, in Ventura, you know, and, and that was kind of crazy, you know, getting up really early in the morning, being there by like 11 to play, you know, and then we went into the studio at like three in the afternoon and just did a whole bunch of jamming. It was great. <laughs> wow. So it's, it's kind of like those songs kind of guided you instead of you, you know, manipulating them. Yeah, man. It was just, you know, those are the guys, right? Yeah, definitely. And, and it, those are the guys. And, and, and having that roadmap to join up two songs that we all love so much, you know, and it was just, I, I hope I didn't offend anybody by doing it because I was just having fun, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, and, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, thank you, man. And, and so it's all respects to those guys, you know, just kind of paying homage. You yeah. Know? Well, uh, you know, yeah. you mentioned Warped a minute ago. That was kind of one of our questions. Uh, how did that come about, <laughs> and uh, how was that experience? And, you know, it's the last Warped ever, so. Yeah, right. Our first show, last Warped tour ever. Wow. You know, and Ventura is a, a, that's a hot spot for that. You know what I mean? That is kind of one of the um, pivotal places for that tour, you know, back in the day. And, mm-hmm. Um. You know, man, it was an amazing experience. It just came about through our bass player who happened to know the person that was uh, putting on the show and they needed an extra band at the last minute. And we were like, sure, no problem. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, um, you know, we're, we are, we're, we're trying to find shows as much as we can. You know, we we don't want to go out and just spin our wheels, but, and we want to get in front of people that aren't going to throw tomatoes at us, you know? So <laughs> we want to, we're trying to do that properly and we figured hey you know let's go up there and even though maybe animal waves is a, a little bit more on the, the blues fuzzy side of things here and there then i thought it was really cool and everybody thought you know we we had a fun time you know on stage so i thought that was cool and i thought i saw some people in the crowd rocking out so that's cool you know yeah. and uh yeah we had a good time there we had cool. a really good time so, on your uh, your Facebook page, there's an interesting statement in the about section about you know, you know, saying something about the state of affairs while being able to party. Um, I, I dug that. I kind of get it. Talk about riding that line and and what's the best way without getting too much into either side. Um. Well, you know, man, the. Uh this is, it is hard to talk about, you know, and everybody has their, their opinion, you know? And so our point is that there are a lot of, I mean, this is us as a whole, you know, we all come from this. Um, and Nathaniel Cox, who, who helps write this stuff, who I just, you know, so, so thankful for him and, and his talent we feel the same way as um, when it comes to the lyrics, it's like, you know, there's a lot of people out there struggling, you know, and then there's a lot of people out there not struggling. And those people that aren't struggling that are spending $40 million on a car <laughs> in car week this week in Monterey. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. yeah. 
give me a fucking break. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to, I, I, you know, I don't want to take anything away from anybody, you know? But if you ain't coming from the place of love, you know, like, like genuine love, like, oh, shit, I see somebody and I should do something about this, you know? <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, you're on the wrong side of history, and, and that's what this band is about. Now, that doesn't mean, like, people can't get better in XYZ. And when I say without forgetting how to party, it's like, you know, I'm not here to preach. I'm not here to tell you how to feel or what to do, you know. I just think that it's better to, just better to be real and, like, open your eyes to people that are struggling and how we can get past that and above that. Um, one of the lyrics in, in The Meadow, the song off the EP is, uh, when a lost soul just sold a pistol for some bread, you know? And it's like, how many places, how many times is that happening around the world yeah. today? You know what I mean? So, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> that's how I feel <laughs> well what's your guys writing process like together you and Nathaniel well you know it's it's always um, it's always different each song is a baby and, and you you grow that baby you know and you feed that baby and nurture it and, and it's it's always different you know it could be me it could be him it could be both of us together um it's it's always different, man. So I, I, it's hard for me to really pigeonhole that. But I can tell you that nature really helps out. You know, silence really helps out. Getting out of the the hustle and the bustle. You know, um, that process is good. Um, and also, you know, running into the city and and going nuts for a week and a half, and then coming out of it with a whole bunch of stories to talk about. That's always good. You know, so you got to have that balance. You know and uh, however you can get it. Well, I know this question is probably pretty premature because we're still a month away from the EP coming out, but what's your guys' thoughts moving forward? Are you thinking of a full length later on, or are you going to keep doing EPs down the line? Yeah, man, uh, we got a bunch of material recorded, a whole bunch of songs, and um, how to release them, we don't know. Uh, this This is a game plan we put together independently. We've got a great team the syndicate we, we just love those guys and you know it's we're we're coming from the place of love and they coming from the place of music so we're just trying to get out there to like-minded people and um and grow it from there you know we're looking for you know maybe another ep maybe a full length at the beginning of next year who knows man it's at this point we'll kind of just drop some singles after the ep for the rest of the year to keep things going which i'm excited about and um you know, some more live videos for sure. Absolutely. And yeah, we'll be doing some more in-studio stuff that uh, we have fun doing, you know. Cool, cool. We'll, we'll talk about, um, you know, your, your start singing and, you know, did guitar come first or, you know, how, how did all that come about? Yeah, for sure, man. It's been guitar this whole time. Um, yeah. I only started singing, I started singing backups um, with Bernard Fowler. Do you know who Bernard Fowler is by chance? He's he's uh he's been in the Rolling Stones like since the Steel Wheels tour. Right. Yes, you know, he's yes. like uh, mixed backup singer and you know, he had some great solo stuff. He had a record called Friends with Privileges. 
making of that record man you know i started singing you know for the first time and he looked over me he's like when are you going to make your own record and i said i don't know you know and then nathaniel said to me yo are you going to sing some of these songs you know <laughs> and i said okay you know i'm going to do it i'm going to give it a shot and you know maybe some people out there would would say well that doesn't sound like singing you know <laughs> but i have a really good time doing it and i'm expressing myself and, uh, you know, it is what it is. I'm frantic. I'm crazy. And, you know, I, I can't take that out of my guitar performance, you know, so it kind of you know, bleeds into the vocal for sure. You know? Well, you said he asked if you were going to sing some of the song, that material. Does that mean you originally had in mind of bringing on a singer? Well, no, um, Nathaniel and I had just written some songs, you know, over the years and, oh, okay. and, uh, we had a, we had a catalog and, and some of these songs are new, some of them are from the catalog and, and, uh, you know, Nathaniel's motivation and, you know, his vote of confidence was, was cool, you know, and, uh, you know, he had, he had done some singing in the past and I was just such a big fan of his vocal, you know, and, um, when I would sing on my own, I kind of was noticing that I, I, I was singing like him, you know, which has this kind of, I don't know, this, there's a little bit of um, dust from Bowie there or a little bit of dust from Jack White or that kind of stuff, you know, which, which we're big fans of. So maybe it comes into the, the sound a little bit. I don't know. You know. Well, how, you, yeah, I mean, you mentioned doing it live. Was it like hard to get used to at first or did it just come naturally singing while you were playing? You know, sometimes there's a rhythmic part with the guitar versus the vocal that is kind of, you know, like a wise guy move or something, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I, and I go through that and, and I work it out a little bit, but you know, other than that, it feels real natural, you know, it feels real natural. I was always such an Hendrix fan and, and growing up, I would try to sing and play those songs and, you know, the way that he did it was just swagger central, you know what I mean? Yeah. So what what a roadmap to have and, and what a what a thing to follow, you know. So it's really it's really fun, you know. Inspiring. You learn something every fucking time, you know. Yeah. So. Well you went on tour as Lauren Hill's guitarist, right? Yes sir. Like what like touring with someone like that that's outside of the rock world, like did you learn anything that you could apply to what you're doing now? Absolutely, man. You know, she's amazing and uh she's beyond talented, you know. And every rehearsal you would you would find yourself uh walking away way with an encyclopedia of information, you know. So <laughs> there was lots of things that I could apply to and you know, how she taught me how to to play reggae and, and her vision of it, you know, was amazing. And at times, you know, turn my, turn my world upside down, you know, and then, you know, Will Calhoun would come in and play drums for a while and we'd just chop it up, you know, and he, he'd talk about his view on how to play a proper reggae guitar, you know, things like that. He's just soaking it all up. So yes, you know, outside of, 
the rock world, reggae is very important. You know, very, very important. You know, rock wouldn't be the same without it. You know, being able to have some of that graciously installed in me is beautiful. You know, so that's a good time. Yeah, we're both pretty big Living Color fans, so that's cool to hear too. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, shit, I need to get the. I love Doug and I love Will. You know, we've done lots of work with Doug over the years. Doug was in was in Lawrence's band when I first joined over there. Nice. So um, I actually got the gig from Eric Gales. Eric was going to go out and start doing his own thing. He was like, "Yo, man, won't you?" step in here and do this for me and uh lauren approved and we all became a little family it was great nice well i was curious in your you know in your bio and your press release it mentions that you worked with slash and he's been my favorite guitarist since i was a kid so i was just kind of curious what it is that you had done with him yeah man so um bernard and i sat down one day and wrote a song called my friend sin and um, if you if you were to go to YouTube and Google my friends in uh, Bernard Fowler and Slash, you, it would come up. And there's a song there. It's a very beautiful blues song. Um, and Slash is on there. And it's just two guitars and, and Bernard singing. And then also Lisa Fisher came in and, and did some background stuff. And then, right before we wrapped it up and started mixing, Bernard's like, I gotta get Sugar Blue on here. So he's like, Chicago, and got, we got the harp Sugar Blue on there. And, uh, man, the song just turned out great. It really did. And we ended up shooting a video for it. And, um, you know, before we shot the video, you know, Slash came in. <laughs> he, just, he just blew all over the thing, man. It just sounds amazing. You know, had such a great time doing it. Recorded it at the Steakhouse in North Hollywood. And, uh, yeah, man, it was great. Very it was cool. really great. Well, we're looking forward to the CP coming out and hope that when you're touring that you make it to our area of the country and appreciate you doing this. Oh, thanks so much for having me. You know, thanks for having Animal Ways. And, you know, we're, we're definitely coming through. So if you got a couch, look out. <laughs> right on. <laughs> right on, man. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> There you go, Robert Davis of Animal Waves. Give me some natural light and some brisket. Is Let's do it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can you go wrong? I don't think so. No, you can't. Bear and meat. Uh, is life. Two of your favorite things. Well, yeah. Definitely. Two of my favorite things, I guess. <laughs> Who are we kidding? <laughs> right. But thank you very much to Brittany O'Connell of The Syndicate. And thank you, of course, to Robert for taking the time out to talk to us. That was cool. Cool conversation, so very glad to have him on and looking forward to the CPs coming out here on September 28th. It's called EP1. Exactly. So that would leave a hint that maybe there's going to be an EP2 down the line. There better be, I hope so. As you heard in this, I'm sure there will be. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so look into all that. Look up Animal Waves on Facebook. Give them a follow while you're doing that. Give us a follow if you have not. You can just find us at The Thunder Underground. On Facebook, we're also on Instagram and YouTube at the same handle. We're on Twitter at thndrundr ground, and you can listen to these podcasts pretty much anywhere you want. That's right. Yeah, SoundCloud backslash Thunder Dash Underground, 
We're also on iTunes. We're on Google Music, Stitcher, TuneIn. You can listen to us every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central on 102.7 WSNR. If this is your first time listening, we appreciate it. Go back and dig through all the past episodes. Tons of other stuff, like we mentioned, Jim Wilson. Yep. Was formerly of Mother Superior and the Rollins Band. He's also now in Motor Sister. Yes. He's got a great new solo album out, so check that out. Fat on guys from Tesla, Saxon, Prong, Black Star Riders, King, Europe, Shinedown, Megadeth, Kiss. Kiss. <laughs> Truck Fighters, The Obsessed. Miss May I, Seven Dust. Did you already say Seven Dust? I did not. Crowbar, Insight, uh, Great White, Firehouse, Trickster, Bullet Boys, Europe. There's a ton of stuff to dig into. You didn't mention Warrant. Warrant. Goddamn. There's gonna be, there's gonna be something you're gonna like. Yeah. It gets all over the board. Street Dogs. Yeah. We've got some punk rock. We've had uh, regional local guys, Driver, Normandies, Severmind, uh, fucking Claim Your Enemy, um, The Shame, uh, Chad Malone, rather. I mean, just just all kinds of shit. Speaking of a few of those bands you just mentioned, The Shame, The Normandies, Driver, Claim Your Enemy. Thunder Underground Fest. That's right. October 19th and 20th at the Venue Shrine in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Exactly. This is one that's worth traveling in for, folks. I think so. Yeah. There's a lot of hotels in the downtown area. Yeah. And you can come on in and see two nights of great music. There's going to be 18 acts. Yeah. Archon. See, I've Wooden <laughs> Bone, uh, Zen Hipster. Um, we're going to have Custom Black. Locust right. Grove, Less Than Human, Fist of Rage, Severmind, who I just was talking about. It's going to be a great fucking time. Yeah. Sign Mur- of Lies. Murderous Mary. Yeah, Sign of Lies. CJ uh, and Del from Grind will be performing right. acoustic along with Sprout will also be performing acoustic. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. Once again, sep- not September, Whoa. October. Watch out. Yeah, 19 and 20 at the Venue Shrine, Thunder Underground Fest. But yeah. Is that enough rambling for today? I think so. Let's get out of here. All right. Once again, thank you to Robert Davis. And like he mentioned, we've got a couch, so you're more than welcome to stay. <laughs> exactly. When Animal Waves comes through Oklahoma. That's right. All right. Until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all. Thunder Underground.